It's August 10th, 2022, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Grant Haver. Chris Kotnor is out on special assignment. Our top stories today. The war in Ukraine began with Crimea and must end with its liberation. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky said yesterday, he spoke after a string of explosions hit a Russian airbase there, killing at least one person. Mr. Zelensky did not mention Tuesday's blasts, and Ukraine has denied any responsibility for the explosions. Russia has claimed that the explosions were caused by ammunition detonated at the base. Crimea is internationally recognized as part of Ukraine, but the Black Sea Peninsula was annexed by Russia in 2014 after a referendum which the global community sees as illegitimate. An attack on Crimea by Ukraine would be considered deeply serious by Moscow. Russia sounded a warning last month when ex-president Dmitry Medvedev threatened that Judgment Day will instantly await if Ukraine targeted Crimea. Russian oil deliveries through the southern Druzhba pipeline servicing Hungary, Slovakia, and the Czech Republic have been halted since August 4th, Russian supplier Transneft said yesterday. The company cited a problem with EU financial sanctions, which resulted in Transneft's regular payment for transit across Ukraine bouncing on July 28th. The payment was routed through Russia's Gazprom bank, which is not subject to EU sanctions. But the reason for the return payment was given as the entry into force of EU Regulation 2022-1269. In particular, the procedure for controlling cross-border payments from the Russian Federation was specified. The Transneft statement reads, In my opinion, this is just another instance of Russia using energy as a weapon. This specific pipeline is important because Hungary, Slovakia, and the Czech Republic are more dependent on Russian gas than most other countries in Europe and have been the loudest voices pushing back against sanctions on Russian energy. With a cold winter coming up, these issues with gas transmission may be the wedge that rips apart the Western unity around the war in Ukraine. China's military said yesterday that it had completed various tasks around Taiwan but will continue regular patrols, potentially signaling an end to days of war games, but also that Beijing will keep up the pressure against the island. China, furious at a visit to Taipei last week by U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, had extended its longest-ever exercises around the self-ruled island it claims as its own beyond the originally scheduled four days. In a brief statement, the People's Liberation Army's East Theater Command said theater forces will keep an eye on the changes in the situation in the Taiwan Strait, continuing to carry out training and preparation for combat, organize regular combat readiness patrols in the direction of the Taiwan Strait, and resolutely defend national sovereignty and territorial integrity. Elsewhere, Preliminary results from Kenya's presidential election 
show a tight race between the main two candidates vying to replace President Uhuru Kenyatta. Two media tallies show Deputy President William Ruto beating opposition leader Rayla Odinga by 2.5 to 3 percentage points, but academics following the media's tally said they have found some errors and cautioned that those results were not official. The final result from the Independent Electoral and Boundaries Commission is expected in days, although legally it has up to a week. The commission said it believed that about 60% of the 22.1 million registered voters cast ballots, which is down from 80% in the last presidential election in 2017. I know you are tired of hearing this, but there is yet another animal-derived virus that scientists are tracking. The novel Langya Hanipa virus was found in 35 patients in eastern China. The disease causes symptoms such as fever, fatigue, and a cough. Researchers detected the virus predominantly in shrews, and there is no evidence so far that Lei-V can transmit among humans. One of the researchers, Wang Linfa, from the Duke NUS Medical School in Singapore, told China's state-run Global Times that the cases of Lei-V found so far have not been fatal or very serious, so there is no need to panic. The U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention said scientists estimate that three out of every four new or emerging infectious diseases in people come from animals, and the U.N. had previously warned that the world will see more of such infections with increased exploitation of wildlife and climate change. A former Twitter employee has been convicted of spying for the Saudi government. Ahmad Abu Amo, a dual Lebanese U.S. national, was a media partnership manager for Twitter's Middle East region until 2015. In 2019, he was charged of acting as an agent for Saudi Arabia without registering with the U.S. government, among other things. The FBI says Abu Amo and Ahmed Al-Mutayiri, a Saudi citizen who was an engineer at Twitter, accessed personal data including emails, phone numbers, and IP addresses, which can be used to identify a person's location. The complaint alleged that they had accessed personal data of over 6,000 Twitter accounts. Saudi law enforcement officials then submitted emergency disclosure requests or request for disclosure of non-public information about Twitter users for at least 33 of those accounts surveilled. After five days of fighting, firefighters have finally overcome what officials described as the worst fire in Cuba's history. The fire destroyed 40% of the Caribbean island's main fuel storage facility and caused enormous power outages. Officials have not said how much fuel has been lost in the fire, although authorities did say that no oil had contaminated the nearby Matanzas Bay. However, they are still warning residents as far away as the capital Havana to wear face masks and avoid possible acid rain due to the large plume of smoke the fire generated. In non-political news, 
a beluga whale stranded for several days in the Seine River was successfully removed from the French waterway this morning in preparation for a transfer to a saltwater basin in Normandy in hopes of saving its life. The whale is dangerously thin and has no digestive activity, despite attempts to feed it since Friday. A veterinary team was planning to transport the 13-foot-long whale by refrigerated truck to a coastal spot in the northeastern French town of Ouistreham for a period of care, according to the president of Sea Shepherd France. They remain hopeful that it will survive after it responded to a cocktail of antibiotics and vitamins administered in the last few days. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief and bonus weekend briefs. This weekend, I'll speak with Tsike Kasambala, Director of Africa Programs at Freedom House, about the recently released U.S. strategy towards sub-Saharan Africa. Go to thedsrnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, be sure to follow the links in the show notes to read our sources and tune into Deep State Radio tonight to hear David Rothkopf talk with Ollie Wine about his new book, America's Great Power Opportunity, Revitalizing U.S. Foreign Policy to Meet the Challenges of Strategic Competition. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief. <laughs>